The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota, and I love talking about women in agriculture. The women of Common Ground Minnesota are volunteers who are volu- you know, taking their time to chat with you about what it's like to live on a farm and grow food in Minnesota. Here's some really great news about this group. They have just launched a newsletter that you can basically sign up for at commongroundminnesota.com, and you get the latest you know, events, giveaways, delicious recipes, all sorts of great stories from the farm. And I got to tell you, it's just a really cool thing to get into your inbox every month. And it's it's kind of an, a way in. If you're wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to ask when I go to Common Ground, Minnesota. Well, this is just an introduction and a way to get you guys to meet the farmers at Common Ground, Minnesota. The Common Ground Minnesota volunteers, remember, their goal is to be a resource for your food and farming questions. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at Common Ground, M-I-N-N, CommonGroundMinnesota.com. Welcome to the Weekly Dish. Hey, it's May. It's hooray, hooray. The first of May. Outdoor. May Day. May Day. Play begins today. I got a dress on. You have I a got dress sandals on. on. Um, I took the lids off the top of my car. I have the, my top down, too. The Jeeper is ready to go. I am excited. Guns out, guns out. I'm going to mow my lawn, I guess. <laughs> Kurt bought an electric mower. I was like, Wait, what? Oh. Well, because we have like a little bit of lawn. And okay, so I was that like, makes okay, sense. I can probably figure that out. Yeah, I'm still on two acres here, people. So this is a little bit, you know. You're not going to miss that. No, uh, you guys, that is the, the, the number one not miss thing is yeah. mowing that lawn. Big old lawns. It's a, it's a summer Minnesota getting back to the world kind of day. Yeah, it really is. I really feel like there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of good vibes out there. I really feel like. There's and of and of course it happens to be like May Day and and it's going to be gorgeous out and people are just going to be out. This is the big day to get outside because I think it's going to be back to the mid fifties and a little bit chillier next week. And yeah. hopefully we get some rain. I know that's why I got to mow today because tomorrow yeah. is not going to be the day to mow. I got to mow today. This is one of those days too where because the plants have been slowly kind of biding their time. But all they need is this shot of warmth. And you'll notice like something go two inches in one day. Yeah. Like they're just waiting for the warmth. But then we need a little bit of rain to help them out. Yeah. You know, I'm very connected to nature, Stephanie. Because now I have a pond and frogs. <laughs> Do you have like an actual pond? Yes. Like you have like Like reeds? a man-made oh, pond. Oh, a, a man-made pond. That is like has a little... Is this a water feature? Is this yes, what we're talking yes, about? Yes, totally. So it's not necessarily a pond. It's a water feature. Well, it's got like, two Like no duck levels. is going le- to hang out on your pond on this no, water feature? No, but robins take little bird baths. Okay. And okay, so the it's cardinals a, take okay. little sips. So this is a... Do you have to maintain this in terms of like... As a matter of fact, yes. <laughs> is there a... 
bubbler in there? Or it's it naturally filters, but I think we have a hole because we're losing about an inch of water a day. So I'm like, oh, this is the benefit of the pond. It's lovely. But so you have to keep it filled? Yeah, because it's losing water. So the guy's got to come and I'm having... Okay, this is going to, we're going to have a lot of graduation <laughs> talk this show. I hope that's okay. Okay. Both Stephanie and I have children graduating. Stephanie's is graduating from high school. Mine is graduating from college. And um, yeah, so I, I was, I figured out this week, which is the graduation is May 16th. I'm having a graduation party. Yeah. That was, it came together real quick because yeah. my kid was like, couldn't decide. Did she ask for one or was it you offered to throw one? It's just college graduation parties are rare because most people go, you know, they have disparate and there's so many people who go to home and then they don't live in the same state. And Yeah. And here's why I feel like I kind of needed to do it because Ellie was a ski racer in high school and missed a lot of school. And at that point, you didn't have iPads and teachers weren't like giving you assignments because you were going to Colorado for two weeks to train. You know what I mean? Sure. So she ended up finishing high school at an online school in Apple Valley in a shopping mall. By oh, I Target. forgot about that. Right. So her graduation from high school was her online teacher and right. like me and Kurt and her grandma. Did so she did she so she didn't have a high school graduation? We party? had like I can't some remember. immediate family over and cake. Okay. So, so you so this is her first one really. Yes. Got it. Got and it. And I didn't think she was gonna do it because I kept asking her about it and she's got a lot of angst about it and our in our family we're kind of mean. We're like, So are you graduating? You know, so she was trying to make sure she was graduating well, yeah. and then there were the waterworks and the tears about the disappointment that it's taken five years. And that's kind of, I was like, now. Oh my word. Yeah. Like if you only knew we do not care No, just get your piece of paper, get on down the road and start your life. Yeah. So it's been this kind of dramatic scene about, are we going to do this? I don't think either her or I will ever forget being in Joshua tree national park, driving through the park and me innocently saying, Hey, what are we going to do for your graduation? Do you want to have like a dinner or do you want to have like a brunch? What do you want to do? And hearing the <laughs> in the back seat. Oh, really? Oh, full on. Yeah. Full Is it on. the trauma of realizing that she's got to like be an adult now? Partly. <laughs> if I had to guess, Stephanie, yes, I think there is partly a lot of that. That's common too. Yep. So just and and the tears happened for like, I don't know. 10, 15 minutes, just complete release of tears. Wow. And it was also the first time we'd really spent time together for any meaningful time since the pandemic. So yeah. there was a lot of right. time spent not getting out our feelings. So anyway, okay. I'm having a graduation party. And we'll sure. talk about it in the second hour because turns out my kid has a lot of feelings. She has a lot of about graduation of and brunch. She's got a lot of needs on that A lot one. of needs. I've seen some of that. Um, yeah, we're going to be doing just a big old, for us, it's a graduation party, just like. But for you, it could be Mother's Day brunch. We got some ideas for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, brunch is brunch, but I'm not, yeah, our graduation party isn't going to be brunchy at all. <laughs> Ours is a boozy affair. Well, and you're like the queen and I almost, well, I was texting you, but. Yeah. Because I was like, cereal bar, like all the baked potato bar, uh, paella party, like all the great party ideas you've yeah. had over the years. Yeah. And here I am like, oh. 
brunch. nothing. Well, that's why I told you. That's why I don't do brunch because it's not, you don't, it's so hard to do brunch party because A, everyone has a different weird idea about Which brunch. is what we're going to talk okay, about in my segment in the second okay, hour because so you're exactly talking. right, Stephanie. Stop and this talking. is where the rubber met the road okay. and why this week has been. You brought it up. So. Oh, I know. <laughs> And then right. my masseuse was like, you know, people that have back pain are usually dealing with some sort of stress or something in their life. I'm like, you think? Um, you think this everything? bulging disc's name is Ellie Johnson? Everything. <laughs> How about everything? I mean, so. honestly. And I will tell you that there are a number of uh, Orno moms who have been calling me and texting me about food trucks for their graduation parties. And I just want to apologize to everybody for not replying because <laughs> you know I'm real bad at that sometimes. And I'm thinking I'm gonna we should do a little segment about that, the food trucks who are out and available and, and ready and you know, able to do graduation parties because those are people are deciding that they can do them like now. Yes. So yes. I think I'm we're I'll try to look that up for next week. So. I would like to, I was telling Steph too, I'm working on the Stone Arch Festival that is happening Father's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. There's We're going to have 27 Minnesota makers there that are doing food, like packaged goods. We're going to have 200 artists, but it's moved from the Stone Arch side where we've normally had it to the other side of the river because there's construction over there. Yeah. So trying to like navigate a festival during the pandemic and the first one when no permits are being issued and everything's been very interesting yeah that's a little weird yeah because we heard that we're probably gonna have state fair from governor walls yeah i don't think i don't think we're not gonna i think we're absolutely going to i just don't know what it's gonna look like i mean wisconsin said they're gonna have their state fair ohio canceled theirs you just so you know wisconsin is the least masked place in america that i've of course i know we all know that everyone knows that and my family (laughs) in wisconsin i i actually kind of was irritated one of my 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 stepmom visited and she, I was said something about, well, you know, pandemic. And she was like, well, why would that matter? Because like getting a reservation for 10 people. I was like, no, mm. can't do that. She's like, you can't go out for dinner with 10 people in Minnesota. I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to it's everything's rolling. And our the case, the positive uh, rate is down. It continues to trend downward. And I think we hit, you know, we got past the the hump from spring break, you know, and the variants and stuff. And I think that many, many people are getting vaccinated and I think it's moving in the right direction. So I'm optimistic. And I think that next week, all the restaurants believe that they're going to get the hundred percent capacity nod, which I think is, I think is okay. I don't know. I mean, it feels good. It feels normal to me. You can show up at the state fairgrounds to get a vaccine. Now you don't need an appointment. You can just show up. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, there's there's more vaccines out there than I think people are taking advantage of. So I want to say, too, there's been some people that are nervous about the second shot. You guys, it's like it's a, like it's like a, a hangover day. Okay? It is. Yeah. You don't schedule a lot. You no sleep, one should be afraid. You take some naps. Yeah. You're going to be fine. Anybody Getting coronavirus on, is going to be way worse. Anybody on social media is, is in myself included, is doing it for attention. So <laughs> is complaining about it for attention. because it's hurts. Yeah, or it's like, oh my God, I got so hit by 102.6. That was me. So, you know what I mean? I actually wrote that. And that's the thing is I remember being like, this is a little bit silly, even while I did it. Because well, and then it's a weird dichotomy with what's happening in India and, yeah, and other parts of, of the world. And we just started it. We're going to give some of our Pfizer vaccine to our friends in Canada. My brother-in-law lives there. 2.5% of the population has been vaccinated there and they can't come to the United States. He hasn't been here for almost two years. 
And he's not getting vaccinated? He, they're getting vaccinated. 2.5% of their entire population has so far. It's going so slow because they don't have vaccine. Oh, okay. I was like, it sounded like you were saying that they weren't getting No, weren't so the it. United States has given up some of our Pfizer to them, which I appreciate. And, you know, trying to get those borders open up in northern Minnesota where there's fishing lodges. and Well, and the fishing opener is happening, so yep. they're doing it. I mean, and that's the key is like I know that a lot of people... You know, who are cautious about it, but then, you know, for some reason are like, you know, it's the anti-vaccine, but then they're also the people who were the freedom from the mass thing. And it's kind of like, this is how this actually works, you know, converging. Yeah. Otherwise, wouldn't that be horrible if we said to the anti-maskers, okay, well, now it's your turn. You have to stay home because you're, you know, I do think that some people are having to make those choices. Well, they said they're like, you know, if if they're the ones who are going to get sick, well, the only people are going to get sick are the anti-mask and the people who aren't vaccinated. So potentially, yes. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, you know, it's just hopefully it's all going to roll and hopefully we'll make it happen. Okay. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about something that's opening that's pretty fun. We're going to talk about the Kagan case opening in St. Paul when we come back on the Weekly Dish. Call Carrie Augst and Sue Durfee. And- welcome back to the Weekly Dish. I'm pleased to welcome somebody that hasn't been on the show before. It's Shannon Donahue. Hi, Shannon. Hi. Hey, Shannon. Uh, Shannon is the proprietress of Valley Sweets, which is an old-fashioned candy shop that's got cotton candy, and it's going to be opening in the Keg and Case Market, which is in the old Schmidt Brewery area over on West 7th Street in St. Paul. They're having their grand reopening today. They're going to be open Wednesday through Sundays, and... Some big news, Shannon. One of the things that I've always wanted in a market like that is the ability to go up to the second floor and get my clutch brewing beer and then walk around and (laughs) shop on the first level. And the rules have been changed so that you can do that at Keg and Case now. That's awesome. It is. Yeah. So more mobility is good, right? Yes, absolutely. Now, Valley Suites, I have been to your location. You have one in St. Croix Falls. And I don't even, I think we were there like... Uh, just seeing the falls maybe or hiking and stopped in. Tell us what you're going to be doing out at Keg and Case because it's super cute. Yeah, so at Keg and Case, we're going to sell a lot of our nostalgic candies, such as the Necco Wafers, Slowpokes, Bonomo Taffy, all those popular old-fashioned candies, as well as the novelty candies like the Pez Dispensers, mm-hmm. the Fun Bean Boozled. They just came out with a hot pepper jelly bean bean boozled game fun um so if you can take on a carolina reaper jelly belly um that might be a fun challenge for some we're also bringing in all of our um homemade handmade chocolates such as the pecan patties our giant peanut butter cups um gift oreos those are all made with a belgium chocolate and then uh, we aren't quite ready to be selling our cotton candy this weekend but we will be bringing that soon including glow in the dark cotton candy Oh, that's cute. Fun. Right? Um, Yeah. yeah, Super fun. Well, what was it about Keg and Case that attracted you? Because you're one of the eight new vendors that's coming to the market. I, my husband and I visited Keg and Case um, pre-pandemic and fell in love with the atmosphere, the ambiance. It just has such a cool, fun vibe to it. Uh, And so we just, we're like, this is definitely a place where we would love to see Valley Suites. I love the idea, too, that as things get more opened, um, they're going to be adding things like music outside and the patios are going to yeah. open. That deck, that patio situation is probably one of the best in the city. I mean, they really have. We did our Smokeout Festival there last two years ago, and it was just it was the best situation. I just loved it. 
It's great. Yeah. And um, Sundays, they're bringing a family fun day. They're bringing uh, weeknight movie nights for families, some of the old-fashioned movies. Um, I think Thursday mornings, they're having a story time for children. So lots of fun activities and events. And like you said, concerts and different things are coming to the to Kagan Cave, which is awesome. Yeah, it sure is awesome. Thank you, Shannon, for joining us. I really appreciate you being with us today and getting us up to speed on Kagan Case. And congratulations. Thank you. Well, this is our to the date, six-year anniversary of when we opened Valley Suites in Croy Falls. Yeah, oh, so that's so fun. What that's better awesome. way to celebrate our six-year anniversary by opening up our second in Keg and Case. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's Shannon, great. that's the best. Thanks Congrats. for having us. Yes, All absolutely. Right. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. You too. Um, there's also some other vendors. We've, of course, got Rose Street Patisserie, our friend John Kraus, and then they've got uh, Purple, a new ice cream shop's going to be opening called mm-hmm. Purple... Purple, purple ice cream. Purple ice cream. Yep. That's going to be a Brian Ingram uh, that he's just doing some crazy concoctions and stuff. Obviously, fill in the space that Sweet Science took. Yep. Because uh, they're moving to 50th in France. So that's France. nice. France. Uh, juice Wisely is a new juice company that is going to be moving in. Jumbos is a Brian Ingram concept with sliders and hot dogs. That looked pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they needed something like that, too. And, you know, Revival is not coming back uh, and smoked meats. And so they're moving. They're actually going to open in the corner table space, which I think is brilliant. But I do think that they needed something like that. I mean, in the keg and case. I need, so this jumbo you know, whatever, uh, crafted sliders and sausages. That might help take a little bit of the... Because they need to have food, like, ready Walk to eat stuff. around food, yeah. I mean, pimento's there, and that's great. And I love getting a jerk chicken bowl and all that kind of stuff. But I think for the kids, too, like, if you're going to bring your family, you're going to have all these events. Having, like, sliders and mm-hmm. that kind of thing is a really great idea. Absolutely. And I'm glad to see how Sahalva is coming back. And I just... I, I really have fond hopes and feelings about keg and case because of being from St. Paul for all those years. And I just want it to be successful. And they had such a beautiful outdoor space that it was taking them a while to fully get utilized. And then the pandemic came. So I think, and they had some, you know, I mean, they have some mix issues, you know, or they have had, and that's okay to be critical of that. I think because yeah, I agree. They don't, you know, they, and it, you know, food halls are just, tough and to figure it out and i know that their neighborhood wasn't it's not like they were bringing their neighborhood they were had to draw people in from outside of the neighborhood and so then but then it became you know do we in the walking around with the beer thing that was huge and that's been my criticism at midtown global market too yeah i feel like if you go into a place like in wisconsin when you go into the fish market you know you can be in the fish market shop all the vendors and you can hold a beer in your hand and walk around and it's pretty seamless to move from place to place. Well, almost most most beer hall, most food halls in the whole country, the reason that they started, you know, booming is because of those kind of things. And then for some reason, we get in this weird space with alcohol in Minnesota that we get so puritanical with it. You can only be in this exact little like seven by seven space and you may not step out of it. And it's just bizarre when you really think about it. Yeah, we're not that crazy. We're not Las Vegas. We're not asking for much. No, and we're not asking to like walk open container down the street. You right. know, it, it is kind of funny when you think about it. So I think that alone will really enhance the experience. And I do think that Keg and Case is always going to be a destination place. Yeah, and, I do too. And you have to have music and events yep. and activations and things happening all the time that are unique and different to draw people in. Uh-huh. 
and it's 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 part of what is going to make people want to go there that aren't just people from the neighborhood because the neighborhood can't support enough of it. Right. And there's also that sort of thing of like, you know, I think when they're going when people are going forward with these food halls, you know, Malcolm Yards is going to open this month and uh, Dayton's project is on schedule for later this summer or fall. And I think that when we're thinking about those, they have to really decide what the mix is in terms of if I'm purchasing ingredients, if I'm purchasing things, versus if I'm coming to stay for a meal, if I'm having an experience there, if I'm taking my experience to go. All of that audience engagement is really has to be a thought process and balanced with the ratio. And I think that's a tough thing to understand. And I think that, you know, there are places that are markets and there are places that are just food halls. And figuring out what does your audience... What is their traffic patterns? How can they best use this place? That's tough. It is tough, but it's possible. Yeah. And I'm really excited because I think what I'm seeing and reading about Keg and Case, this could be the this could be the moment. I'm hopeful. Me too. I'm hopeful. I just I'm a little bit I just I don't know. I don't know. They've gotten, you know, and I want them to have more hangout space. That was also part of it. You know, it's like you walked around and then you're like, so if I was going to get a sandwich here, where would I go yep. and sit and eat? Do I have to go outside? And then, you know, all that kind of stuff is always a little hard. I, I will say the wood fired cantina, you know, which is Brian Ingram's Mexican place there um, or South, you know, uh, whatever is like basically bringing things to a more chill level. I yep. think like they, then in bloom ever did, but I, so I think that's good. Yeah. I think that if that's the tone that they're setting, that's a really interesting tone. All right. We've got more Weekly Dish when we come back. Weekly Disher, spring is sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka salmon share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. Hey, welcome back to Weekly Dish. So this was kind of a weirdly big week for the plant-based crew, right? It sure seemed like it. It was, it was strange. I was kind of watching it all unfold and feeling like... God, this is just like all the kismet is happening all at once. It started with the end. It started with last week's very strange happening where the conservative Fox News media decided that (laughs) that Joe Biden's climate plan was 
take the burger out of your face. Yes. That's it. And they decided that in this very strange way that it was very reactive. And, and of course, the, you know, so basically all over conservative news last week was that Joe Biden wants to eliminate and ban burgers. They're going to take your beef right before, you know, the 4th of July. And of course, they tied it right to that patriotic thing for themselves. And of course, the best part is, no, that's not true. Two, they had to actually do a retraction yes! that was so lame. Which is so sad. And it was like this guy going, well, so it looks like this was inferred and a graphic might have said that we thought this, but we don't. It's like, no, yeah, you did. Yeah, and too late. Yeah, so so here's the deal. If you are a Fox News watcher, I'm then, you know, just know that the Biden administration is not trying to ban your beef. But that got all the people all in an uproar, and then they kind of calmed down. And then our lovely little Epicurious.com decided to tell people, they took this moment to tell people that they were going to eliminate the beef recipes from their site. Did you see this? Have you not seen this? Oh, my God. I can't believe you didn't okay. see Okay. If that is true, I am canceling my subscription. That is it's epicurious.com. It's a website. It's still run by the people that run Bon Appetit. Okay. This is interesting. I did not think this that you were going to have this. This is absurd. Why is it? Why are we demonizing one protein? Listen, and this is not what they said. I'll just, I will just tell you that what they said, and so it's epicurious.com, and also they won't be publishing new beef content or recipes. It's, all, it's off their site, anything. They promised it was not anti-beef, instead a shift Solely about sustainability, about not giving airtime to one of the world's worst climate offenders. We think of this decision as not anti-beef, but rather pro-planet. Okay, Stephanie. So they in true Stephanie March fashion, yeah. what we like to see is lean into providing more. Provide more plant-based content. Provide more information about vegetables and things that you find healthier for the planet. And I think they have. I mean, I, I, I'm being a little bit on the, their side just because I know you're so anti that. But the, the reason that they're doing it is to say, you know, if we can do this one little thing, we're not telling you not to eat beef. We're not taking it away from you. We're just saying that we're going to focus our energies on things that aren't beef. And I know a little bit about climate change and I know a little bit about carbon uh, emissions and the amount of methane gas that beef are producing and how much it costs to feed them. But I'm also like, okay, how about chickens? Chickens aren't any picnic. How about pork? How about fish? And that you've like fished the oceans to death. Where does it end? Well, so you're saying take it all away though. Well, because it's just PC. It's just this politically correct or this moment of correctness. And where we're going to get to fixing our planet is by everybody getting on board. And that's not going to be by shaming everybody else. It's going to be providing unique. That's shaming. What you just read to me feels shaming to me. Okay, you're taking it very personally oh, today. I didn't, yeah, I so, didn't know this. I, I, this it's is really sh- making me mad. I know. And, and I love plant-based. I'm all for it. So then what is it about? They're not doing anything other than taking a small shift on their own personal site. They're not telling you anything. They're not telling you what to do. It's one place. Think of all the places that you get recipes from. This is one personal it's decision. It's annoying and it's performative. Well, I think that it's for you, it feels offensive because you're it, you're being told what to do. It's just, it's like you're here to, pr- what your job is, as far as I understood it, is to provide world-class recipes and technique about cooking. And they're still doing that. But not with one protein because they demonized it. I don't they like that. They didn't demonize it. They just eliminated it. There's a difference. 
I, I think there's a difference. Stephanie March, you are so wrong right now. They are demonizing it. That little shameful paragraph of like, we're not okay, telling well, you, you to what read to the do, whole, but... That was like one tiny little snippet I took from this. And this is a weird role reversal because I weird. know you feel the same way. You're just I'm just having fun being your opposite right now. And I mean, look, I love beef. I'm not going to deny it. I love chicken. I love it all. If you feel like you want to make decisions for yourself about the planet, like, again, electric cars, great. Let's make electric cars super great so we can all drive them. No problem. It's not less. It's more. So so here's the thing. If you're saying this, you're saying if you want to make your choices, great. That's what they're doing. They're a private company. They're just making a choice. Yeah, it's performative. Okay, but that's different from what you're saying. You're getting angry because they're making a choice to that because you're saying is demonizing. Doing, yeah, because they're just, and I agree it is performed. Let's be clear on something. Yeah, I do agree, and and plenty of plant based vegan eaters that I that I that I you know I follow, and Alicia Kennedy is you know my favorite Substacker, and she's the like she's writing this great book about veganism and how the world is dying because of meat, and I don't agree with her on everything, but even she said, this feels really like a flag that someone's waving. And by the way, Epicurious, aren't they the ones that like were paying their people of color way less than other people? No. Bon, bon Appetit was, Condé Nast was, yeah, it's all related. Yeah, you can't do that. Don't. <laughs> you can't? I wouldn't conflate that. That's a really pretty big thing to conflate for one part of a different company. I'm just saying, they didn't have any issues against them i'm pretty sure then versus what bon appetit did but that's also not the same as a climate change issue and True. beef you all are right, totally fine. i want apples and oranges you just on went you. like fire you I just want apples and oranges i'll fire. give you that okay and i really do want to talk about what's happening in the plant-based movement here because i think it's great so i'm gonna just calm down calm down and we're gonna talk this about was, the plant-based you guys, things today that have gone on, this on week. fire i don't know if you've realized that she's talking a mile a minute and I, this is probably the wrong thing to have hit you with today. So, okay. Anyway. I want to hear about the plant-based stuff that happened this week because I thought it was super cool. Well, this is part of it, though. Is The point is, is that that's a part of it is they're saying this. And then, you know, the idea that Taco Bell is coming out and saying they're going to do a plant-based you know, alternative. Um, but, I mean, Impossible Burger, that they're doing things. They're calling their plant-based food as they're calling it meat. And this is another question. Is it meat? And there's people who are like, yeah, it's meat. It's the same thing. And it's there's a whole redefining. And what you're saying is there's a whole redefining of what this all is. And at that same moment, Stock and Spade opens up in Wayzata. Yeah, and I'm all for it. Believe me, I love this plant-based food. I think the Impossible Burger is great. I don't think it's meat, but all the alternatives that you can bring to my table, I'll cook with them and I'll love them. I just, the whole way that this is was done on Epicurious, I did not agree with. So, stock and spade. I would like for you to read what they wrote. I will. Other I will. than what just, I just, this tiny little snippet I gave you that you reacted to. Um, and I don't think that, for me, the idea, like, I, I won't love everything that, that they make. You know what I mean? When you're like, all the plant-based alternatives, they'll make it and I'll love it. I like a lot of them. I won't love it because it doesn't taste the same to me. And also, there's a lot of things that I don't know what's in it. And I don't necessarily feel that having the Frankenfood situation that is a concocted sure. moment is better than having something that's just vegetables. So that's a bag that I'm willing to kind of work on and I'm okay with. I tried their, um, actually brought Allie from Allie Shops um, from uh, Shop Girls and we went to um, Stock and Spade and we met Seal Smiley and chatted him up. He's so great. He's 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 a man. He's going to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, is. like literally, I think if anybody is going to take 
this and make it a national thing, then that's it's going to be him. He's going to he's got the he's got the tickets, you guys. He opened he was running 25 or thousands of franchises in 25 different countries with the Snap Fitness and all the things before he came to the food scene. The Minnesota Maker episode that I did with him on Crisp and Green is fascinating. If you want to see how he does franchises and what he thinks about and how he structures his day. Listen to it because he's really interesting. Yeah, he's uh, and so he has kind of come to this food thing through health. He, you know, Crispin Green is definitely a solid thing. And then this was uh, Stock and Spade and Wyzetta was opened. It was a thing where he was with his kid at, you know, in line at Crispin Green. And the kid was like, do we always have to have salads? (laughs) And he was like, oh, God, I got to have a burger, you know. And so that was the thing of like he had to make it. And so he did. And I think. What he said is that this is a health thing and that this is he feels better being plant based. And he thinks that people, if they commit to it, he's like, I'm not trying to get them to do it with every single meal, but just dip in and see how it goes. And then his but his idea is that in 10 years, plant based will be at least half of the consumption. Meat will only be half, whereas now it's like, you know, 90 percent. I actually kind of believe that. And I believe that the it's more running, yeah, you bring to the table yeah. and the more choice and right. the more variety and the more it tastes better. Right. And that's what I want more, not less. Put right. It that way. But and this is where he's, you know, he's saying that it's uh, it's it's giving alternatives that give people an option to opt out instead of just saying, no, don't. Yeah. And that's true. And that's a lot. That's a lot of what you were coming at. You know, expansion, not contraction. Yes. (laughs) Which is what we fully believe. Expansion, not contraction. But we also, and there are places, you know, that are already doing this around the country. Superiority Burger in New York City is by far the best, like, vegetarian, vegan street food, you know. And it's a very chef-y place. They very much, they care about it. They really construct it. It's really highly sought. Um, You know, they have a tofu fried chicken that's crazy. Um, but he's going for franchise. He's going for speed. He's going for replication. And that's what's interesting to me, because if you're talking about true impact, and maybe this comes back to Epicurious, what kind of impact does that move make versus someone who is growing a national, you know, potentially nationally spreading um, business that could remove some people's options to go to McDonald's or whatever. Like, what is the impact on that? That's to me is where we're talking, maybe not as much as performative as it is, uh, you know, symbolic. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something symbolic that Epicurus is doing by making that move. But I also think that if you're talking about true impact, then then that's something else. Then it's an actual moment and it's actually movement and creating something. Did you like the burger? I, I didn't hate the burger. How about that? Yep. I didn't, I, would I ever, he, you know, Steel was a great guy and he had the, he's like, you know, if I put these two burgers out in front of you, you wouldn't be able to choose. He goes, you wouldn't know. And I'm like, um. Yes, you would. I would know. Most, I would a lot absolutely of people would know. Yeah. And most people would know. The difference is, are you making that choice? Are you making that choice? And does it taste good? Yeah. Like, I, I would say that it was fine. And I would say that most of these plant-based burgers to me is about the toppings. And that's the thing that this guy has. That That's why I will pay $20 for a salad at Crispin Green. Because those ingredients are far better than any other salad shop I've ever been to. Like, that is why I will pay for that. Yep. So if he's doing the same thing at Stock and Spade, in which that tomato is good, that lettuce is good, the sauces are good, there's a f- big fat pickles, there's great onions, like all of that, mm-hmm. that's what makes your burger a burger, then they're going to win. They're going to win 100%. Yeah. Here's the, here's the kicker before we go. Um, it was the chicken that blew me away. It was the weird 
crispy chicken, which I have a hard time buying crispy chicken sandwiches everywhere because they just taste like fry oil to me. Like the fast food. Yeah. It's disgusting. Like I'm just like, I just don't ever do it. I don't buy these, like this chicken sandwich war. They all taste like fry oil. And then that ruins the experience. This thing was so much like an action. It was crazy. Like, and chicken taste and texture isn't like what you love. It's the crispy. What I was telling telling the boys last night is like, we're kind of already used to amalgamated chicken. If we've eaten chicken nuggets, we're already used to chicken mashed into shapes and weird things. Why not? I would take this and I would eat that. I would substitute a meat meal for that chicken any day. If it was the right amount of protein and the right amount of balance of health with it, which is what he's going for, I would do that any day. Oh, that's cool. I know. Hey, listen, I did ask that, this question on the Facebook page, and I would love for you guys to weigh in because um, it's just so interesting to me. If you had to give up one of the animal proteins in your life, beef, chicken, seafood, pork, if you had to give up one, what was the one that you could live without? Six five one six four one one zero seven one. if you want to weigh in on this controversial, controversial topic or just share your protein. Most of you are saying seafood, by the way. <laughs> That that's what you'd give up? That they would give up. I'd give up chicken. Okay, we'll be right back. This uh, song, Stephanie, is called You Broke Me First. Oh! <laughs> we haven't had a good, like, weekly dish fight in yeah, a long time. It wasn't really a fight no, as much I as know. it was, you know, just a... Dis- but let me let me continue. By the way, 651-641-1071. Happy to hear your we'll thoughts and your feelings on, on this. We'll take your calls live on the air. Yep. Um, but I did want to... I do want to cover back on something that's important that we kind of <laughs> we blew we past. talked about in the break. Yeah, we blew past it. And that is the fact that I understand when you're saying they're demonizing beef by doing this. And I do agree that it's unfair to then put beef into this bucket when sustainable beef farmers, small farmers, locally, you know, local beef producers are not the problem. This is mass commodity beef that is affecting, that could be affecting the planet in this way. And it's unfair because the people who are farming sustainably, and and I mean, this is exactly what we talk about on Common Ground, but the people who are doing the things right and they're like... Putting nutrients back into the soil and they're they're grazing their animals. Helping and and saving the planet. And so to say that is weird to then demonize it in a swamp like that that's my biggest problem with it um and that you know when i think about how the people who are going to epicurious those are people who are cooking right you're looking for a recipe you're cooking you're less likely to be that person you're more likely to be someone who is seeking out uh those kind of smaller sustainable beef, beef or yeah. beef from your local farmer yeah Absolutely. and so they're not that's not the problem so that's in a weird way i think that's a that's a that's the problem is that they are then saying all beef is bad. And then you have these people who are doing the right thing. And these are the people who would support the people doing the right thing. And you just took that away from them. Yeah. That's my problem with it. But I couldn't not. And react. I was like, let's get real about what chicken is doing to the planet and a pork farm is doing to the planet and the amount that we've overfished the oceans and plant based is still plants. You have to farm plants. Okay. So there's pluses and minuses in all of these degrees. And that's, I guess, why it makes me so mad. Well, and you I, you have to make these personal decisions, of course, like we're saying. But, you know, the idea of not really understanding where where the impacts are truly happening and how they're happening and finding all the right data and really, really making decisions based on all of that. That's hard for people. And I will say as an eater, I'm going to I eat plants. I like plant based things. I enjoy them. I eat a ton of beans. I like to eat uh, I'll eat an Impossible Burger. I'll eat a Roos Gourmet vegan meatball. No problem. Great. More for me is where it's at is health, 
based in more based in making decisions about what fuels your body. Well, and people talk about how the Impossible Burger is not exactly, it's not about health. It's supposed to be about a healthy burger. It's supposed to be about climate. (laughs) That's the why they did it. They didn't, they didn't make it to say like, this will be good for your body. They made it to say, this is a better impact on the environment than the, than the commercial beef industry is. And so if we do more of these, there's less of that. And that was the thought. P.S. The pandemic has given McDonald's its best quarter ever. Yeah, because Let's be they clear. Clo- everybody just started going through all these crappy drive throughs yeah. and nothing else was open. Right. And you didn't have to go into a place. So. I know. And we got away from all of our plastic recycling and our we have a 10 year plan. We have 10 years of getting back to where we were, I think, personally, but. That's a whole nother story for a I don't whole know, day. but yeah, I have no idea. But I do know that it was interesting that the fast food places obviously did. They all made money this last year. The, while our local restaurants suffered, yes. the fast food places in the national chains, they all made money. Yep. 651-641-1071 if you want to call and weigh in. Um, we did get a question and it says, I love listening to you on Saturdays. And this is from Marzina. Thank you, Marzina. She says, can you help with the venue for a bridal shower this summer? My daughter is getting married in Cabo next February, and we want to have a shower locally. It will be a group of 25, and we'd love something not very expensive, but with a nice setting, like a nice backyard or something like that. So not in a backyard? Is that what she's asking? She's a looking venue. for a backyard-like setting in a venue. Um, For how many people did she say? 25. Oof. Uh, I would say you could try to rent the entire patio at the Bungalow Club. Cute. You know, great in, idea. Yeah. yeah, which is a great one in uh, Longfellow, Seward. Where That's I, a great idea, you know, Steph. And I think that they have, I think you could do like a brunchy thing or like you could do a special, you know, kind of an idea. That would be a lot of fun. Also, uh-huh. Italian Erie, I think, has a great outdoor space that is available. You know, you could book. Yep. So I would do that. 25. So you're looking at like, you know, like maybe five tables of five or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think you could do that. I bet you, too, um, what is the place on 50th and Penn that's owned by the Broders? They have a really cool outdoor front area that if you could maybe have that be like your private event space because they've got a outdoor fireplace and it's kind of Yeah, you could do that. That's a lot. That's a good one, too. Mm -hmm. Right. And you could really dress it up then with flowers and decorations. Well, even the Terzo, they have the pork and bruschetta. They have that little patio. You could do that And that really does feel like a backyard kind of out there. Or maybe keg and case. You know, the right. wood fire cantina, maybe they'll uh, put something together for you kind of off to the side. Yeah. That'd be fun of... to do like a pinata and yeah. bridal stuff. That'd be fun. Uh, 651-641-1071. I think we do have a call on the line that Hope is putting up right now. Someone asked us if we had mock fish. Thoughts? I have. You have had mock fish? Yes. And I would say it's like mock chicken to me where it's kind of about the breading and the seasoning because right. I don't think fish that's breaded tastes like much. And I don't think chicken that's breaded tastes like much the chicken itself. Right. So you're really, it's the breading and the seasoning. Yeah. And it was good. I liked it. Um, yeah, I think it's, this, I haven't had it yet. I mean, it's, you're going to feel it. very similar if I had to guess like you did with the chicken. It's like, well, but here's the thing then, if that's the case, that's a toughie though, because fish has definitely got like a flakiness to it that you kind of look for. I don't think that it can achieve that. You, you, and so then it's almost like, then it's just chicken and it's thin. Is it thin? Yeah, it's real thin. So you don't get that flaky, but you do get the fishy flavor. Like you fish get a fishy stick. flavor? How like do you fish get sticks. The, How do you get the fish flavor? Same way you would in a fish stick. How? Well, fish sticks are made of fish, though. Yeah, I don't know. They put fish taste. <laughs> like, that's the weird part. How do you get that flavor? Weird. They do. 
Did they, they put like fish? They can. They wouldn't do fish oil or fish essence because that's already past the vegan protocol. Yeah, I don't know, but this is where you get into, and you're right to do so. Is you like have dissect to. what is this filler, and like if you're having a mock chicken wing, is it just full of wheat protein that isn't necessarily great for you from a health perspective? Yeah. people really have to make. And and you've have you ever known someone that's like gonna they went all vegan and all plant based, and then they like just all they ate was cheese, basically. Like, that's not healthy either. Listen, my Joey's one of his best friends in high school was vegetarian and she would come over and I would cook her actual vegetables and I'd be and she would be like, wow. And I'm like, well, what are you eating? (laughs) Pasta and potatoes. I'm like, yeah, okay, no. Also, one of my friends, her new boyfriend uh, had a she's dating a doctor who is kind of freshly vegan. And he was saying that he goes through the drive through and gets McDonald's French fries all the time. I'm like, you are defeating the purpose. Because they're fried in beef tallow, well, too. Well, no, they're not. That's they a, were. I know, but they're not now. Did they change it? A long time ago. OK, fine. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter because you're funding the company that basically is tearing True. down the rainforest. My friend that was vegan would go through the McDonald's drive through and order a cheeseburger please don't put the hamburger on it this is your so she just, got like the taste of the all of it but just not with the you're meat. funding like the devil then like that's the weirdest <laughs> part if you are having a cause you're funding the devil for that just so you know Do we okay have the- here is an interesting suggestion for the bridal party that i this must be new well, metropolitan ballroom says there's a garden space oh there's a garden space around the side With Black Friday savings at the Home Depot, you can get top brand laundry sets with the latest tech to tackle any mess you might face this holiday, like automatic fabric and load size detection for spills of any size, from cookies and milk on your favorite holiday sweater, to the toddler of the house discovering just how fun cranberry sauce can be. Make more magic this holiday season. Let your new appliances handle the mess. Shop Black Friday savings and get up to 30% off, plus instantly save up to $750 on select LG laundry sets at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid November 2nd through 30th. U.S. only. See store or online for details.